Okay, moving on. Town administrator's report. I think, Mr. Chairman, uh, I, I omitted it to put it on here specifically because um, I feel like it's um, just a part of the TA report now, but the migrant housing update, just so folks are aware, um, about 80% of the rooms are now full. Um, there's about 250 individuals that are there. We would expect by probably the end of the month um, it would be a full hotel. Um, there really is not much more to update. I know I was away at a conference and on vacation for a short time, but um, Amy was doing all the work while I was gone. There really was not any big announcements from the state. Um, I will just uh, read to you one thing that did come out, which um, I just thought was uh, pretty entertaining uh, relative to um, the actual definition of the hotel issue. So the state is revised their guidance a little bit on um, the hotel. And if you can understand this, please let me know. The state is paying all local occupancy taxes for room rentals less than 90 days. The room tax is either paid directly by the state or it is factored into the contract the state has with the service providers who then pay the hotels. That doesn't help us out at all. It doesn't tell us anything about what, who, where the money is being flowed. Normally, just so everybody knows, the state collects the revenue and then gives it back to us on a quarterly basis. They literally make deposits um, uh, to us. Uh, it does say here um, that they're actively exploring options to reimburse communities who have experienced a loss in hotel excise tax revenues uh, as the result of the uh, long-term shelter contract. So um, that's about all the new news. Um, things have been relatively uh, stable up there. We do have a new website uh, with some dashboards on the Board of Health page um, in terms of updates. As everybody knows, Kathy Liberty has been doing a phenomenal job coordinating all this. Um, she's put up a nice website from her staff, um, and, um, and we're just hoping to get some more state assistance as soon as possible. But um, by and large, everything has been going fairly smoothly. We do have a few issues down there we're working with the state on, but um, you know, so far it, it's been pretty, uh, relatively speaking, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty good. So um, we expect by the end of the month that there'd be a full house, um, and we do not have a count um, Lucas gave us the update before I left of about 40 children, uh, school-age children, but we, we don't know if that's still the same number. Any new families that arrive are going to have to get processed and enrolled in school separately. So that's going to take some well, that months. takes a week or two, right? It does. But, you know, then there's the vaccine checks. There's all these other things that have to go on, too. So um, not sure exactly how many school-age children technically, but I'm sure I'll have that in the next few weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Through the chair, they're not able to get working permits. I know of a few, uh, a restaurant, namely, you know, yeah. uptown, that two people had come in and they wanted to work, yeah. and they weren't able to because they didn't have working papers. So I, um, I literally was just down at the border in El Paso two and a half weeks ago, and um, you know, because apparently that's what I do for vacations. <laughs> but um, uh, they cannot work. Um, I think unfortunately due to, and it just, it is what it is, I'm not, the reality is, is the federal government has completely failed the country on this entire issue for 35 years. And it's just pure and simple as that. And they all should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, Congressman Auchincloss has said this himself. Um, this is not on any one congressperson or any president or anyone. It's the federal government's failure for 35 years to do absolutely nothing. 
All 50 states are dealing with this. And I just talked to a lot of people in Texas who deal with this 24-7, 365 for the last 150 years. Um, this is not new to people out there. It's newer to other states. But the work visa program is so backed up. The bottleneck is so significant. And the system is so deeply overwhelmed um, with th hundreds, you know, thousands of people um, coming through Mexico through various channels that at some point there's only enough people to process the papers. Um, they do do full background checks on individuals coming into the country. I saw the detention center for myself in El Paso and they, they do go through full background checks with those countries. So these processes take months and years per person, per family. Um, I, I don't, unless there's federal action on this soon, this is going to be the same situation we're going to be in for a long time, unfortunately, Councilor Pellegri. And, you know, again, going back to the old days, you know, without less oversight after 9-11, people just hired people and paid them until their papers got caught up, right? And, and people could feel a part of a community, they could feel integrated, they could feel like they're paying into the system. <coughs> have a purpose in life, I mean, Congress can say what it wants, but at the end of the day, they're choosing proactively to do nothing as opposed to something. They could fix this. Thank you. Thank you. Could it be something that the state could put forward? The governor has made it very clear that she's waiting for the federal government to fix this. So she couldn't do anything about giving some working permits to people? I don't believe so, but I just, I, would, I wouldn't comment on that just because the governor's gonna have their own general counsel dealing with these things under what's a state of emergency. I'm not exactly sure what's within her. Within her. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Council Covey Elijah, please. Sure. Well. Um, through you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Jamie, the superintendent alluded to the fact that it's not, and the entire group at the hotel uh, shouldn't be called immigrants, they really should be called migrants because we have people coming from not just traveling to the U.S. through the southern border, but from other various walks of life, whether they be homeless or veterans mm -hmm. or various groups. Do we know any breakdown on those numbers so that the public can understand that this isn't just an immigrant issue, that this is actually a very complicated, multifaceted, like many of these people are in fact English-speaking Americans that are sitting in that hotel. Do we have any of those numbers to share? Uh, I don't have the exact like pie chart breakdown. Just for illustrative purposes, you're looking at about a 50-50. 50% roughly are, are of Haitian descent. Obviously, if anybody has read anything that is going on in Haiti, I mean, it is a horrific example. Police have resigned, there's no legislature, there's no parliament, there's no governor. They, everybody has like, you know, rebels have literally taken over the country, um, and there are no police anymore. So the country is completely ravaged. Um, and so half of those individuals, roughly up at the hotel, are Haitian descent, and then the other half are a mix, to your point, um, Councilor Cormier Ledger, of individuals from different walks of life from around the country, maybe from other countries, maybe have been homeless in the country, and to the point that you just made, that's why the word migrant is is because that's a more transient term um, to depict the fact that most of the folks up there have been homeless in America. Most of the other hotels, too, have been homeless in America um, for years. Um, they may have come through a working permit that was overextended or a green card or some other mechanism, 
Um, but um, migrant is more omnibus comprehensive term, not just somebody that, that crossed the border illegally. Thank you. Thank you, Council Coleman. Uh, anything else? That's it. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. You're all set. Yep. Okay. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin 